1: if you are in need of some spiritual direction our catholic priests are here to help welcome to the inner life on relevant radio
0: hello and welcome to the inner life today i'm josh raymond Glad to have you along for this hour where we look at different aspects of our faith. This is our hour dedicated to spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Have you had that time when you knew what you should do but you still didn't do it? I'm sure you've experienced this in one way or another. Maybe it was you procrastinating on a project for work. Maybe it was something where you had to write a paper for school and you kept on putting it off, putting it off. Maybe it's your doctor telling you that you need to drop a few pounds or you need to eat better, but you still don't do it. You know, it happens to all of us. About 12 years ago, our family took a trip out west to visit our relatives. At the time, we were living in Wisconsin and we drove across to Montana and Idaho and Washington and while you're on vacation, of course, you end up eating at plenty of different restaurants. We went to, this was in the town where I grew up, a little fast food place, a little local one. It's called Sharp's Burger Ranch. And they have just regular fast food fare, you know, the burgers, fries, sodas, milkshakes, that kind of thing. But uh, that's what most of us ordered when we had lunch there this day. But my son, Elijah, he was maybe four or five years old at the time. He decided he wanted something that you usually don't see on menus at fast food restaurants. He saw that they were offering corn dogs as one of the items there. So he got a corn dog along with some fries and a a drink. But he was a little hungry still after eating that one corn dog. Plus, he'd watched everybody else in our family eat burgers. And he said he wanted to try one. So he asked if he could go get a burger. And my wife, Baylen, she said, sure, no problem. That's fine. She gave him some cash so that he could go up and order a burger. And Eli, just since he was still quite young, Bailan, she walked him through the whole process of ordering. Okay, you go up to the counter, you ask the person working there for a burger, you don't want any fries, you don't need a drink, make sure it's a single, not a double. She walked him through everything, asked if he understood. Elijah, clutching those dollar bills in his hand, he nodded excitedly, and he didn't quite run up to the counter to order, but he was walking at that quick little boy pace where he's enthusiastic. And we could see him from our table, but we couldn't hear what he was saying up there. And it appeared that everything went well because we saw him hand the cash to the teenage boy working behind the counter there, and then the boy gave Elijah his change. But then Elijah turned around, and he walked back, back to our table at a much slower pace, and it was obvious his face showed that he was upset about something. And he came up next to me and Balen where we were, and we both asked him if he ordered his burger. And Elijah, he said, no. And we were both a bit surprised. We started asking him questions. We saw you pay. You were able to order something, right? Yeah. Well, what did you get? A corn dog. And we both were a bit dumbfounded. We said, a corn dog? Didn't you ask for a burger? No. Did you change your mind and decide you wanted another corn dog? No. And as we were asking these questions, Elijah, he's just getting more and more emotional on the verge of tears. And we asked him, why are you getting so sad? Because I wanted a burger. (laughs) And again, we're trying to get to the root of this, but if you've talked with the little kids, they'll just answer your question. They don't elaborate. And so we said, well, you didn't ask for a burger? No. Did you forget what to say when you went up and you were ordering and the boy behind the counter, did he suggest a corndog? No. No. Well, what did you say when you went up there? and Elijah said, "I asked for a corn dog, and both Balam and I looked at each other, and we said, "But you didn't want a corn dog? No, so why did you ask for a corn dog and Elijah he's sniffing back tears, he just shrugged his shoulders and he says, "I don't know and Balen and I couldn't help laughing at this point. Of course, we tried to comfort him as well and Balain she ended up taking him back up to the counter, helping him to order the burger that he wanted. And I shared that unwanted corn dog that he already paid for with one of Elijah's sisters. Now, we all have those moments, similar to Elijah, moments where we know what we want or what we should do, but for whatever reason, we just don't do it. And of course, we can experience this in our spiritual life as well. We can have a pretty decent knowledge of what we believe, of knowing how we're called to live as disciples of Christ, but then we don't do those things that we should Or maybe we try to do the bare minimum, but that's never going to allow us to make any significant progress on our spiritual journey. So today we want to talk about taking what we know as Catholics and how we can move beyond simply knowing our faith to actively living out our faith, having that personal experience that it goes beyond just an intellectual knowledge. Joining us as our spiritual director today, I'm glad to welcome back Monsignor Tom Richter. He's a priest in the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota, the pastor of Queen of Peace Catholic Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Monsignor Richter, welcome back to the program.
2: Thanks for having me, Josh. Good to be with you and your listeners.
0: Well, as we talk about today taking that intellectual knowledge of the faith and putting it into practice, having that personal experience of faith that drives us, um, as I mentioned, you know, we all have those moments where we know what we should do, we don't do it. Um, St. Paul even talks about this; he talks about it regarding sin in the seventh chapter of his letter to the Romans. He says things like, "I don't do what I want, I do the things that I hate, I hurt the people that I don't want to hurt." I want to do good, but I end up not doing it. He's, like I say, talking directly about sin, but I, I guess part of that, I think, is it's part of that equation, that sin does hold us back from the potential that we have to move forward in relationship with Christ and experience true joy and true freedom um, sin is something that I think everybody would recognize. What are some other things that hold us back that are those roadblocks for us being able to move from an intellectual faith to a lived out faith?
2: Well, uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about, um, right, the poverty of, uh, the human person to actually, uh, be who he wants to be and desires to be and, is called to be. And so uh, what we would not want your listeners to conclude is a certain sort of Pelagian process that I just got to try harder. That uh, the answer uh, to becoming, uh, to actually doing what I want to do and what I'm supposed to do is just a matter of try harder. Um, That's Pelagianism and uh, that's the first thing we want the listeners not to conclude to. What uh, what needs to happen is I need to receive grace. I need to receive grace so I am free to do what uh, the good I know I should be doing. And that has to happen by God doing this for me. And I receive it by the exercise of the theological virtues of faith and hope. So it, it starts way before behavior. So if Elijah is going to change anything <clears throat> it's going to happen in his interior before he actually goes up to the uh to the counter um and that's uh, what I think uh we need to to talk about today so th- th- sure. th- let, let me let me articulate it this way um it is and so it's it's about starting to live by faith starting to live by faith more, exercising faith, and now I give God access so he can free me. So he can free me from that which holds me back from following him, from doing the good that I know I am uh, supposed to be doing. So um, I I think... uh, a, a good example, and so for, for young people, it's really helping them interpret their experience. I think is is one way, Josh, that uh, that we could uh, help the listen, listeners with today. Um, so the the whole reality of bridging the gap between what one believes and one's experience of that belief. I don't know if we talked about this the last time I was on uh, the show or not. <sighs>
0: I think, you know, we might have gotten into that in maybe a tangential way. But um, so as you're talking about this, we need that reliance upon God. But then you use phrases like, we need to focus on our interior life. So there is something demanded of us in this. There's, you also talk about exercising our faith. Let's talk about that word faith for maybe just a moment here. You mentioned it's one of the theological virtues um, and we can use that word in a few different ways, uh, but we, if we want to work on our interior life, if we want to get to where it's more than knowledge, where it's actively lived out, that personally experienced kind of faith, it's probably good for us to have an understanding of that virtue of faith. So can you kind of walk us through what is the <laughs> well, theological virtue of faith?
2: Yeah, the Catechism would say what faith is, is both a gift to- of God, a grace, and a human act. So it's a gift of God and a human act by a believer uh, by which he personally assents, personally adheres to God and everything God has revealed. Now, so that's what, that, that's what faith is. Faith is a grace which enables me to personally adhere to God and what uh, God has revealed. And so let us, and and that's where that's where this whole process needs to begin in order for me to get freed, so I can do the good that uh, the Lord wants me to do. I think uh, uh, what's helpful for the listeners if we bring in a scriptural example. Okay. So let, let's, uh, and and the guy I always find helpful is the elder son. So the elder son in Luke fifteen, the prodigal son has come back, as you know, and the elder son is out in the field. And uh, he doesn't go. He doesn't go in. And his dad comes out to get him. And um, and uh, he says, "Come on, son. Why aren't you coming in?" And the elder son says, "Dad, I have obeyed you my whole life. I have worked for you my whole life. I've never disobeyed you, but you have not given me so much as a kid goat to celebrate with my friends. Uh, but you killed this fat calf for the for my younger brother. Um, and then." And then the father says, everything I have, I have given you. So now, here's the issue I want to really open up for your listeners. So right now, the elder son's personal experience is that the father hasn't given him anything. The father, the father's truth, the truth the father reveals, is everything I have, I've given you. So now the truth of the matter is, everything the father has, he has given the the elder son. The experience of the elder son is, I have not experienced anything you have given me. And so now living by faith right here, this is the key issue. To live by faith now is a choice the elder son has to make. Am I going to believe my experience Or am I going to believe what the Father has revealed? This is the heart and soul of living by faith. Because if in fact, if in fact the elder son says, I I didn't experience God's goodness, I didn't experience God's closeness, I didn't experience God's love, I didn't experience His uh, healing, I don't experience His presence, I don't experience His consolation, therefore, it's not happening. This is faithlessness, and as long as I choose to follow that, what my experience is proposing as the truth, as opposed to believing what God has revealed as the truth, I will never be able to receive grace.
0: As you're talking about this, one of the things that comes to my mind is uh, one of the other hosts here on Relevant Radio, Father Richard Simon, hosts a show at 1 o'clock central here uh, daily called Father Simon Says. And he has uh, just vast knowledge of ancient languages and he looks at the scripture regularly during his show. One of the things that he's talked about in that word of faith, as we're talking about living out our faith, he talks about you can almost always replace that word with the word trust, whenever you read that in Scripture. And as you're talking about that difference between experience and then taking what the Father says in that example of the story of the prodigal son, the the elder son there, I think it's easy for us to take that word and commonly say, well, this is what I believe. I have faith in this. I believe this. But if we switch that from, I believe in God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, I believe, you know, he established the church, that he sent the Holy Spirit. If I say, I have faith and I believe these things, but if I take that step that you're talking about from my experience, and here is what I've always said at Mass, you know, when I pray the Creed, or here's the the what I've learned, and I say... Yes, I believe these things are true, but if I approach faith with that attitude of trust, then I'm moving beyond mere intellect. And when I pray, I not only believe that God hears me, but then I trust that he's listening. If I seek his kingdom first, I not only believe in maybe some abstract or theoretical way that God will provide for my needs, I then have a trust that he's going to make good on his promise to provide for whatever I need. Mhm.
2: Yeah. So um, you know the Catechism isn't real clear on what uh, a distinction between faith and trust, right? The 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 word trust um, is often translated from other languages, whether that's Italian or um, Spanish, etc. Confide, right? confidence, which is with faith. (laughs) So to trust, to trust Jesus is in fact to relate to Jesus with faith. So if the elder son is going to live by faith, he is going to say, Father, there is something deeply wrong inside of me. Because I am confident that you are always giving me Everything. That you're always pouring yourself out to me. But I'm not experiencing anything. My experience and my thoughts and stuff inside of me say that's not true. There's something really wrong with me. Because I live by faith. I live by what you have said. And so, Father, I give you access and permission to heal all this disorder that's in me. Because I'm not going to let my fa- my experience dictate reality, but you. This is living by faith. So, so uh, um, faith, faith, right? Isn't believing simply Jesus died for me? Faith is believing that Jesus, the second person of the blessed Trinity, became a man and died on a cross in um, Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem in uh, 30 A.D., is right now demonstrating that same love to me right now, present, here. And so I turn to Him. I turn to Him when in fact, and especially when um, other voices are saying something contrary to what He is and what He says to me now. And so... um the, this whole thing, your your introduction was about behavior, not doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But that only that that only gets healed by me choosing to follow an interior voice, an interior movement differently than than uh, to follow a different one. The elder son is never going to live by faith. If he doesn't start
0: recognizing and becoming aware that I have a bunch of lies inside of me. So, if if I'm listening to this and I'm saying, okay, I want to move from that place of only looking and trusting my experience to living by faith. I want to have that interior change. What's the first step? <laughs> yes.
2: Well, this this is uh, the most basic uh, the the most basic uh, template, right, of French of living by faith. The most basic template of living by faith, as far as interior acts go. Huh, and this would come from Ignatius um, uh, as uh, one of the many, but he really defines it. Those three steps are becoming aware, aware of thoughts, feelings, and desires inside of me, becoming aware of them. So the elder son needs to grow in awareness. He needs to grow awareness in all these thoughts that are saying, my dad isn't good to me. And he he needs to start sincerely acknowledging them. To sincerely acknowledge them. The second step is understanding. And what you understand isn't necessarily these thoughts, feelings, or desires. There's all kinds of stuff we don't understand (laughs) inside of us. But the one thing we do understand is the source. And so the elder son needs to start saying, okay, this thought, this feeling inside of me that says my dad isn't good to me, I know that's not from God. I know that isn't true. Huh? Any listener who has, "Right now I'm suffering and nothing's coming uh, nothing good is going to come out of this, God isn't doing it," one knows the source of that thought, if they live by faith. So the first step is awareness. The second step is understanding and understanding the source. Huh? If one is suffering, if one is suffering and even feels distant from God, but one has the aware, the, but in that, there's the thought, "But God's doing something good for me here." He's disciplining me. He's increasing my faith. He's he's right now um, trying to purify me and free me
0: from just following the dictates of feelings. Sure. Or even if we don't know what God has in plan, at least having that knowledge that for some reason he will work good out of this.
2: Yes. For some reason he is right now
0: working good out
2: of it. Right now. And so I write then, say, okay, the source of that, the Holy Spirit, this is God. And so then the third step is taking action. That which I know is not from God, I don't listen to. So the elder son, the elder son says, be quiet. Everything the Father has, he has given me. Father, you give me everything, don't you? There's nothing you have that you haven't offered to me, including your heart, Yourself, thank you. This stupid idea comes up in my mind. Isn't it silly? And he goes back to plowing the field. Hmm. So the source, of the the thoughts that come uh, uh, contrary to what God has revealed, because that's what faith believes. Faith believes personally adheres to what God to God and what He has revealed. And so I reject that which doesn't come from Him. And then, um, I do claim and cling and surrender, um, to that which does come from him and believe it and assent to it. Um, and this, this now, if that interior isn't happening, the behavior isn't going to change. The behavior isn't going to change. Um, because all sin in one way or another is just just about all sin is driven by a fear. Driven by a fear. There was some fear in your little boy's heart that made him say what he didn't want to say. Uh, so, so there's some fear. And so, and so, so um, in order to change that behavior, one has to start becoming aware of this fear and understanding where that's coming from. And now turning to God to no longer follow that. And now I can stop lying. Mm. To,
0: fear of, to yourself this as fear well, of,
2: yeah, sure. This fear of being lonely and not loved and not cared for and not claimed. Huh? When one starts... Acknowledging that and going to God for love, now one can stop um, becoming gluttonous and trying to find it there, drinking too much, eating too much, the filth on uh, the computer. But, but all that's driven is, it's, it's all being driven by this thing you're wanting, you won't
0: find it in God. Mm. Right. Our spiritual director today, Monsignor uh, Tom Richter. Monsignor, we need to take a quick time out here. We'll, we'll pick back up sad. on that coming back. Uh, but want to invite our callers in, too. If you're listening and you'd like to speak with Monsignor Richter, maybe you're struggling with that process. Some of those things that hold you back from growing in the spiritual life. Uh, feeling like, okay, I know what I should do. But there are those roadblocks in my way. Well, if you're becoming aware, if you're uh, having that understanding of where that's coming from and being able to take that action, if that's something that you find uh, difficult and you'd like some advice, some encouragement from Monsignor Richter, you can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll be right back after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com/forester. Welcome back to the Inner Life today as we're talking about Growing in our faith, moving from that intellectual knowledge that we might have about the faith and how we can make it to that point where it's that personal experience, that lived out experience of faith, and how have you been able to do that in your life, be able to grow in that relationship with Christ? What's helped you to be able to take that step beyond knowing what you believe as a Catholic to actively living it out in your life, or maybe this is something you struggle with, something that you're not sure how you can put that into practice. You feel like something's missing. You have that desire, but it just doesn't seem to be happening for you. You can call in and speak with Monsignor Tom Richter at 888 914 And Monsignor, a lot of different thoughts that I have here as we've been talking so far this hour. I, I guess one of the things is um, looking at that parable as you talked about the the prodigal son and i think it's very natural for most of us to look at the son who the younger son who leaves and comes back and that's kind of all of us on our journey that god calls us back to himself he loves us he's there waiting watching for us and we don't spend a lot of time looking at the elder son but the elder son is that final point that jesus draws out And I had heard this, oh, just within the last year, year and a half or so, uh, somebody talking about how this parable, along with the couple of other parables that come before it, they're actually directed towards the, the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders there of that day, because Jesus, he was talking with tax collectors, other sinners, and the Pharisees and the scribes, they start grumbling about, you know, oh, he's having dinner, he's eating with all of these sinful people. And so Jesus is addressing these different parables to the religious leaders, and it makes me think that it, <laughs> it can be just as applicable for ourselves today. If we've always grown up in a Christian household, if we've known the faith from our earliest days— are we those religious leaders, so to speak? You know, I, I'm I'm saying that in air quotes. But are we the ones who look and say, "Yeah, well, uh, at least I I'm not as bad as so and so," or you know, therefore, but the but for the grace of God, there go I. That sort of attitude, where are we? Are we missing out on the fact that you're not paying attention to everything that God has given? To to you in your life, and I'm I'm pointing the finger back at myself. Everything that God has given me in my life, and I take it for granted, and say, "Well, it seems like God's doing a lot for that person, but I guess I'll just have to settle for the little that He seems to be giving me." But He's given us everything. That's one of the thoughts that stands out to me as we've been talking.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, religious people killed God, right? Religious people were the ones who handed over Jesus. Uh, that should uh, put us in a very humble posture. But um, to b- back to your just your immediate uh, point of, of uh, the thoughts of, gosh, he's really blessed that person, but maybe not me. Right? If one's living by faith, one knows that thought doesn't come from God.
0: Right. That goes back to those three steps that you were talking about. <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: Now, in those three steps, in those three steps, so... So uh the the um faithless gospel the faithless gospel is just really comes down to try harder. Um for a religious person who doesn't live by faith but he wants to be good his his main the the entire gospel is going to be filtered down to you just got to try harder you idiot. Okay, <laughs> um, and so and so God became man to 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 just yell at us again and again. Try harder. Yep. Um, but but uh, obviously that's not the gospel. That's Pelagianism, which is never far from too many hearts that are religious. Well, the, can,
0: can you talk about that for a moment, though, because that goes to that idea you mentioned: faith as a gift, that yep. gift from God, and myself being a convert. I really did experience this in a profound way on my journey into the church. Um, you know, we've been talking about belief, we've been talking about trust, we've been talking about, you know, the, the knowledge um, about those three steps of becoming aware, having that mm-hmm. interior growth, but, you know, I think it's so important to look at that aspect of faith as a gift. You know, not not that we say there's absolutely nothing required on my part, no, there is, but. I think it gets us away from that trap of that Pelagianism kind of attitude that I, I can do everything. I can do it on my own to more of a place of realizing, well, I can only do so much here, and it's probably a very, very little bit. I really am going to have to rely on <laughs> yeah. God for most everything. Yes.
2: So so faith, faith is a grace, faith is a gift of God, and a human act. It's always both. It's never one. It's never just one. Faith is a grace and a human act. Um, and so the the most base. So so the trap. Getting out of the trap. The path. The path to freedom. The path to healing. The path to God is is. It does require human effort. It does require human choice. It does require something on our part. But but um, that what it requires. What trying harder looks like by faith is relating more. One who's growing in faith, who is exercising faith,
1: what, it, what
2: that heart and that mind is ultimately doing is relating more to God, is turning more to God, is going to God, is opening up to God, is acknowledging their need and relating it to God. Is being honest with God, being cons- sincere and consistent in opening their thoughts, feelings, and desires to God. The Pelagian lives all alone in his mind trying to figure stuff out. So the elder son is sitting in his mind as he's plowing fields. Why doesn't my father love me as much as the other? How do I get him to love me? How do I become better? All this anger in my heart, how do I get rid of it? For for Christian faith, the path is always relational. Always being with the person who's with me, who frees me. Who frees me. We are in chains, and we don't have the key. Someone else does. And so the way out is turning to the one with the key and sharing my need with Him. And so um, the road from Pelagianism, the road from Phariseeism, the road from from um, believing my experience over the good news that God is, is revealing to me right now is relational. Not thinking alone in my head. I don't say okay, yep, yeah, no, God says he loves me and therefore he does and he says he's with me and so I shouldn't think that he isn't and I feel that he isn't, but I shouldn't I shouldn't really believe that. No, faith says God right now, I feel like you're not with me. I know you are. But my experiences tell me not. I ask you to come speak in that I'm tempted to follow that. Please don't let me follow that anymore. I only want to follow you. The path to heaven is relational because heaven is a person. The first thing faith does is not think. It's being with the one who is with me. All paths away from God, the first step is being alone in my mind the devil thinks about God all the time. He won't relate to him. He won't be authentic before him. The devil won't say, I am utterly miserable ever since I rebelled against you, and it's my fault. you got to save me. I'm a miserable creature. but all the devil does is think about
0: God. You know, that reminds me of that passage in St. James's letter in the New Testament where he talks about, you say you believe God is one. Well, good. So does the devil. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) but you say you have faith without works. I have faith with works. Let me show you my faith by what I do. I think that going back to that idea of Relationship there too. I mean that that right there should be a, a big red flag if you're saying, "Well, I, God isn't; he doesn't seem to be doing any work in my life." Yeah. But if you aren't spending time in prayer, if you're not spending time getting to know God better through Scripture, maybe reading <laughs> insights from other people who had that relationship with God, the saints, if you're not setting aside that time to develop that friendship you shouldn't be shocked that the end result is that you're lacking in having that personal faith experience in your life. I mean that would be the same as anybody in a marriage where if if you're not spending time with your spouse and all of a sudden you find out that you know there are there are so many different things about them you never knew. You didn't realize all the things that they were interested in because you haven't been spending time getting to know them of course that's not going to be a strong marriage. Of course you're going to be shocked by the things that you didn't know about that person. So we have to put in that effort on our part, as we've been talking about, that both and that you mentioned. It, it's never all God just by himself. It's never just us all by ourselves. It's always God and us together become that act of our faith. Yeah, and the
2: and the fun, what what I'm proposing, Josh, the fundamental act that the gift of Faith does the fundamental act of the grace of faith, which then the human will cooperates with and the act it performs is it acknowledges it acknowledges what's inside of oneself and relates it to God, who is with me, because the first thing God reveals is. Christian faith is I am with you and I have given you everything and everything you want and need is in me and I am with you giving you that right now and therefore if I live by faith the the thing I've, I just automat quickly do is acknowledge it and open it up to him and not live alone in my need, in my head. Gosh, I really shouldn't think like this. I really shouldn't feel like this. I really shouldn't do this. Uh, Gosh, how do I change that? I don't pray enough, dang it. I really need to start committing to prayer, but I don't, and I don't do what I want to do. And so, gosh, how am I going to change that? No. For one who lives by faith and has the thought, I I should pray more. One says, Jesus, you just gave me the grace to pray more, the desire to pray more.
0: I love that. (laughs) That's beautiful.
2: I bring this grace to you, and I give you permission to bring that to fulfillment. I give you permission to claim me and to draw me into prayer more. Because I'm a weak, miserable creature, and if you don't don't do this for me and draw me and uh, lure me, Um, I won't won't actually do this. The act of faith, the the act of faith is acknowledging and relating. That's all within the, uh, right, the awareness, understanding, and take action. Right. The fundamental act of personal adherence, the fundamental act of personal sense is to turn to be with God in this thing that's beyond me pelagianism how that which isn't uh, grace um but just all human effort its fundamental act is i got to try harder i'm going to exert my will and it only leads one to anger failure resentment which is what the elder son is
0: yeah Our spiritual director, Father, or or, I'm sorry, Monsignor Tom Richter, um, also a father, of course, uh, but Monsignor Richter is a priest in the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota. Today, talking about how we have that personal experience of faith, how we're able to have that relationship with God. And how has that happened in your life? Maybe it's something that you are struggling with and you'd like to talk with Monsignor Richter. Our number is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and uh, we'll talk more about this coming up next. Also take some of your phone calls right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour, sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Thanks for joining us today. And today we're talking with Monsignor Tom Richter, a priest in the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota, pastor of Queen of Peace Catholic Church in Dickinson, North Dakota, Talking about how we live out, how we have that personal experience of faith in our lives, going beyond just what we know or we say we believe, to really growing in our faith, having that relationship with Christ. And I hope you've been able to listen to the whole hour. But if you joined us partway through, I'd encourage you after the broadcast is over, go and download the podcast. You can find it at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, and listen to the entire hour there. Uh, While you're there, also. The National March for Life is coming up this Friday, and you'll see a banner. Whether you go to our website or you go to the app, you'll see a banner there for a Fast for Life. And this event is something that Relevant Radio has hosted, and we've done this for a number of years. Solidarity HealthShare, they're a proud sponsor of it. They've partnered with us. And really, what it comes down to is when, when the march happens, most of us are probably not going to be able to go out to Washington, D.C., and be able to march there at the nation's capital and stand for life. But you can pray and you can fast and join together. And one of the things that we are encouraging you to do is let us know how you'll be praying, how you'll be fasting, some of the sacrifices you might make to uh, pray for the end of abortion here in our country. We'll also, when you register, send you a free bonus e-booklet. It's called The Choices Love, and it really just has some answers to many of the most common arguments or reasons that somebody might put forth on why abortion should be legal. And it's a very good tool for you to be able to respond, not condescendingly, but just with love, with compassion, on why abortion is not Right choice, it never should be the choice, it's not a choice. And so, again, you can sign up at relevantradio.com or on the relevant radio app, just click that banner fast for life. And uh, I know we've heard from thousands of people so far, Um, so many people that have contacted us. Uh, One that I really like here, Cindy from Forest Lake, she said, All right, I'm not going to have any breakfast on Friday, I'm going to have a very small lunch. I'm also going to go clean the bathrooms and dust our house. So that's uh, what she's doing. A number of other people that are praying with us, and people even outside of the U.S. that are still praying together with us here that abortion is no longer legal here in the U.S. So again, RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. I hope you sign up. Again, talking with Monsignor Tom Richter today, and Monsignor, let's go to the phones. We've got Dana who's listening to us in Roseville, California. Hi, Dana. You're on the air with Monsignor Richter.
1: Hi, good morning. Um, I've listened to most of the program this morning. I missed a few spots, so hopefully I don't overlap. Um, I am struggling a little bit, and I was hoping to maybe get some thoughts on this. Um, I really resonated with St. Paul talking about you know, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And that's been a problem for me forever. And I'm noticing that I have this almost like a spiritual sloth right now in regards to this time that I'm in. And I don't see it as necessarily a crisis of faith, um, but I am trying to figure out what is this apathy that I'm experiencing. And You know, the last couple of years, I was kind of pondering with some friends and noticing quite a few people I've talked to are kind of in this apathetic place, whether, you know, it's just spiritually or otherwise. And I kind of see that in myself as well, that like physically, I've got the COVID-20 going, you know, and I'm not keeping up with things that I would normally. And spiritually, I'm having a hard time finding that motivation. And I. I was talking with a friend and we were discussing that that apathy seems to be coming out of COVID from 2020 through 21 of this uncertainty of the time that we're in. And that we it was hard to make decisions. It was hard to act because things were always changing constantly and things were so uncertain that I almost feel like we've gotten a little bit rewired in a way um, because of that way that we were forced to live. So it's almost like, is it a place of, like, struggling with trust in God, of a uh, surrender? I'm a mom, and so I know I'm used to controlling and, you know, making things happen, and that was kind of removed. And so I do see God as Almighty. I do see myself as very little. And I have great zeal at night when I go to bed and have my prayer time and talk to God about how I'm going to do better tomorrow, but I just, I feel so stuck, like I, my discipline is gone, and I'm kind of just hmm. drifting almost in the sea, being tossed about right now. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just trying to find out, how do I get out of this? I pray, I, you know, all of that. Well, and Dana, I'm going to
0: jump in, because I want to let Monsignor respond, and we're down to just a few minutes left in the hour. So uh, Monsignor, as you've listened to Dana and kind of her Great. situation, Great, uh, any thank, advice? thank you. Yeah, you articulated it well, Dana. Um,
2: I would recommend uh, you get uh, Peter Kreef's book, Back to Virtue, Peter Kreef's book, Back to Virtue, and read Chapter 11. Peter Kreef's book, Back to Virtue, and read Chapter 11. But, um, yeah, so what is sloth uh, or sloth? It's relational laziness. Relational laziness. Dear listeners, as you're listening to this, When you say, I don't do what I want to do, but I do what I don't want to do, we need to understand that that reality of not being who I want to be is is most prevalent on the level of relationality. I don't relate to God throughout my day. I don't bring my need to God. Sloth is relational laziness. And, And why is it relational laziness? Because of a lie, because of a lie, huh? Aquinas calls it sadness around spiritual goods. Namely, what I'm looking for, I won't find in God. Or I'm so broken that even though God wants it, I can't, I can't get there. Right? This, is what, this is what made the prodigal son leave. He had sloth. What I'm looking for, I won't find in relationship with you, Father so i'm going for fast food so um underlying all of sloth is a lie that says god isn't enjoyable god isn't god isn't my love god isn't my fulfillment god is not enjoyable now i got to deal with him cuz i don't want to go to hell but he's actually not enjoyable and therefore i don't relate to him I turn on the TV. I go on Netflix. I play Solitaire, Angry Birds, whatever else. I check my phone for another text because I like that buzz. But I don't go to God with my need because God isn't God isn't the love of my life, and what I'm really looking for, um, I won't find there. And so you're right, but but uh, Dana, I would say. It's not a case of COVID. Listen closely. It is the result of secularism. The, the less humanity experiences God, the more slothful we'll become. How does one overcome sloth? By encountering the goodness and love of God. And now my heart is fired to go to Him. And so um, secularism causes for a believer if we're not careful the experience of a of a bride in a bad marriage how the love she had hoped for is no
0: longer and now she's sad mm. monsignor richter we're flat out of time uh, it, always an enjoyable conversation with you thanks so much for being here with us for the hour before we conclude could i ask you in the last 20 seconds here to offer our listeners a blessing
2: For sure, may Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit
0: bless you with the most grace-filled, most enjoyable, most holy day you've ever had. Mm. God bless you. Bye. Thank you so much, Monsignor Richter. Again, if you missed... Any portion portion of the program earlier, you can download it at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio. Father Looney is the celebrant today, and then right after that, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark, followed by Father Simon Says. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.